if you are not ready for the day, it cannot always be night. Uh, I just decided that was going to be the intro for today. And I'm thankful that we did. Oh, I <laughs> I feel honored. That's amazing. Uh, well, Luke, we're here again for a sermon talk back. Um, and I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, if you guys didn't get to see, we had a, a really dynamic worship service uh, on Sunday. And we had uh, Vivaldi's Gloria. I mean, let's um, be honest. Most people came from the music. Yeah. I mean, no offense. No kidding. <laughs> but yeah, the music was no, that's was why the fantastic. Ser- that's why the sermon was first. Yeah, <laughs> you, you had to listen to me <laughs> to get to Vivaldi. <laughs> that was you had to pay that that yeah, toll. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Uh, but I one will commend you on the. It's hard to do. I'm going to do a short homily before another. Really, that, I mean that is just difficult to do to be to keep it um, to be uh, have brevity in that in that instance, especially on a topic that's this big. And so I'm really happy we get to kind of mind the depths on this more. Um, as you guys know, we've been talking about light and dark and the interplay and interconnectedness and the intricacies of all of those things during uh, the Advent season. And um, yeah, it it is not easy, but it is almost easier to discuss the light. Um, and I think we're going to talk a little bit about that because and you, you kind of mentioned it in, in your sermon, but as humans, we've created so much light for ourselves so that we aren't having to confront the darkness. We're not having to be in the darkness. I mean, you have four kids, you know, uh, darkness is not always something you want as a young person. Some kids do, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, Oh, daddy, can I sleep with the light on? Or, uh, can we turn a light on when we're going down the hall just to, uh, you know, use the bathroom in the morning, that kind of deal, because we're just not comfortable walking the five steps to do it in the darkness, you know? And so, uh, I thought that, uh, you tackling this head on in a way that wasn't, uh, darkness is bad or how do we avoid it? But, you know, how do we learn to appreciate it? I thought was really great. And so tell me a little bit about that first um, illustration you used, the, the TED Talk, because I thought oh, it was the, so beautiful. The Western Meadowlark. Yeah, so um, Diane Knudsen is her name, the the person that, that did the whole TED Talk. It's an incredible, it's like a 14-minute TED Talk on uh, night, specifically light pollution, and she's from Rapid City, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she talks a lot about the... Um, surrounding national parks and um you know it's interesting there were several kind of stories around and i'll, I'll get to the metal art but there's several kind of stories around people recognizing light pollution that could have been that in, intro story one was in 94 i think it was uh there was a major uh earthquake in los angeles mm-hmm. and when the when the earthquake happened in los angeles all the lights went out and people walked outside and they saw this like gray band across the sky and they're like what is this yeah (laughs) and they had never seen the milky way yeah or um (laughs) if you so right now at at billmore there's Mm -hmm. a van gogh exhibit and i haven't been but i've talked to a few people that have have. said it's amazing and they you know focus a little bit on starry night and and starry night was something that um uh, was drawn by Van Gogh and Remy when he after he had he had you know self harmed himself mm-hmm. with his ear and and he was there to get healthy and he was writing back and forth to his brother Theo and and he wrote to Theo and and just said how beautiful the stars are and and he based that painting I think it's on um, 
It's either Isaiah or Proverbs 34 where it talks about the 11. It's another place that talks about the 11 tribes. If you'll mm-hmm. notice, there's 11 stars in Starry Night. They're based on That's the tribes cool. of Benjamin. Um, I did not know that. But someone recently did a portrait that if Starry Night was done today and all you can see is the lit up houses mm. and you can't see any dark night in the stars. Wow. So there were several of these kind of stories that really hit me as I was preparing for the sermon. And obviously, you know, you can't have four intro stories. Yeah. Well, that's why we do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, the, the connection to me with the, with the meadow lark was this was life or death for this bird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't say that in the sermon, yeah. but like, that's the insinuation, right? Like that bird can't find a mate. Yeah because of our light pollution and you know it's one thing to have lights that are for safety and obviously we need those for car i mean there's lots of reasons to have lights for safety and there's a lot of ways to think about that and then there's the fact that like you if you ride in downtown Asheville at midnight you're gonna see all kinds of office lights that are just on yeah all the time and nobody's using them nobody's in there i i thought immediately what it evoked for me was the um, what well, kind of what we talked about in last year's Advent theme, which was we began with the voice in the wilderness crying out in the wilderness, and this was a voice that's going unheard uh, from nature, from creation, largely because of us. And I mean, how often are we in the Advent season? Are we encouraging folks to listen to the the voice in the wilderness or the the small cries of the infant? And at some point, are we going to work our way out of ever? being able to hear that very similarly to this are well, we just crying in vain one is like was the voice of god in the fire was the voice of god in the earthquake was the voice of god in the thunder no the voice of god was in the still small voice and yeah and part of me wonders with the absence of and again i i said this in the sermon and, and i hope it goes without saying again in this podcast i'm not talking about people feeling dark no that's a different that yeah. that is another conversation of which we can even touch on here if we really want to but but I'm talking about physical darkness, the the Genesis one st- story, and is it you know are we cutting out times where God is trying to speak to humanity by polluting our world with light? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. I think so. Yeah, I I one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um you know and you and I have shared a couple of these moments together, but the times when you really are in a place with almost no light pollution. I think about July 4th this year, your family was at my house and you and I are sitting outside and we can see the stars and all the lightning bugs. And it was truly dark other than those things or uh, a wilderness trail. And I know so many of our youth and adults have experienced that there. And, uh, but then you talked about Bolivia specifically and what were the stars like there? I mean, I I can't like, I'm, you can see yeah. my arms. I mean, you may not be able to see it. Like, I get chills, like, even thinking about Bolivia, man. So, um, the moment went like this. We were in our first night in Takachia, and we had, uh, we were at the the home there, and we had just had the students had done a presentation and, like, sung some songs, and we were yeah. singing together, and it was just kind of, I was, we had traveled the day. I was, I was ready to go to bed, and I was like, hey, I'm going to walk back. I told the folk, you know, a few folks who were sitting around mm-hmm. me just so they knew where I was, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And I get around a corner coming down the hill uh, from the house there. And there's a wall that blocks out all the light. And I just look up 
and I don't like it was dark, so like I I don't know why I wasn't looking down, mm-hmm. but I just looked up for a moment, and I mean it was it was almost like the stars were like you could touch them, like that's how vivid they were and how clear it was, and um, yeah, it was amazing, and I just stood there, and the folks that like I don't know how, I don't know how much time passed. And the folks that I told, hey, I was walking back, come up, and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I just point. And we all stand there for a minute and um, recognize the expanse and the bigness and the, you know, just how how we're so small but yet so integral. Mm-hmm. Integral, that's a hard word to say, um, to the world around us. Yeah, that's... And that kind of leads into what I wanted to ask, which is, you know, when, and like you said, this is about physical darkness, not the, not the dark feelings and the feelings of doubt and grief and, and shame and, and all of those things that are bound up and that so many of us have dealt with during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, you know, like you said in the sermon, we encourage you to, you know, reach out to a minister or a Stephen minister, or let us help you Uh, get connected with a therapist. Any of those things. Yeah. But the, the, how much of creation do we miss that, you know, that God created the light and the dark. And it's not that he just called the light good and the dark bad is that he separated the two and that they are, you know, in, they are interlinked, interwoven throughout everything. And so that's was kind of the impetus behind our Advent uh, Mm -hmm. theme as a whole. And so what do you think darkness can show us in Advent or what's a new character of Advent that, leaning into that physical uh, darkness or recognizing that physical darkness um, can help us kind of understand in this really familiar time of year. Um, but what's a, a new dimension it adds? So I think a couple things maybe. Uh, I would start with it adds, um, you know, when when the pandemic started and we went into full lockdown, and the whole world did to a certain extent. Yeah. And and there's a lot about that that's awful. You know, this week we went under over 800,000 people that have died in America. I mean, the millions of yeah. folks globally that have died. I mean, there's so much about this that's awful. One of the things that was really interesting was the way that creation came back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could see uh, dolphins and whales in Venice, you know, yeah. in, in the in the canals. You, could, you, you saw a clarity in the... Um, reefs outside of Australia and the Caribbean yeah. that you've never, that we haven't seen at least in our lifetime and, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, and in that there was a pause, mm-hmm. there was a, a, an opportunity to re, um, rethink, re-navigate, re-narrate how we pace our lives, what it looks like. And I think every day offers that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know what, we would be silly as humans to think that every day can be like, you know, Wendell Berry at the best day of his farm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I idealize what he writes about. Exactly. I really do. Like, but then we still have to, you know, drive to work. And, yeah, I mean, my yeah. kids got to eat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. We got to, I mean, like, we, no, exactly. we, got, we got things we got to do that are required for life. Exactly. And so I think we'd be silly to be like, to idealize this pacing of mm-hmm. things that is slower. And yet I think we would miss something completely if we didn't also 
pay attention to it. Yeah, I agree. And so, so the, when you ask about the darkness and the characters and Advent, I think this is another opportunity for us to recognize um, the gravity of what it means for God to become incarnate. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if this will make it in the sermon this, this coming week or not, so I'll mention it here. But uh, in one of his sermons, Frederick Buechner talks about, he says, man, wouldn't it be awesome if God just showed us a sign of God's presence here with us and it, it would just change the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, he did. That's yeah. what Jesus is. And he says, it would, no, it changed the world. He said, um, churches would be full. We'd have to move them to, to football stadiums. Uh, world wars would cease. We would stop hurting ourselves in the land we live in. And a hush would go over the world and we'd have a pause. And there's a part of me that hears that and is like, is really hopeful because each year we have an opportunity to, to really lean into Mm -hmm. the incarnation. And there's also a part of me that's like, Oh God, (laughs) we, we have all these signs and how are we not paying attention? And what is, what does Beekner say that if God would just rearrange the stars yeah yeah it's, it, the whole thing is it'll be rearrange the stars in that in that sermon and and that it would just say uh, i'm i'm i exist or, yeah 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 uh, I, so so the so the second so there's this piece about uh pacing and how we approach life mm-hmm. and and how we have that each 24 hours in the day and, yeah. and in the turning from day or from night to day and night to day night to day the second piece is so I, I guess it'd be like pacing and pause mm-hmm. and, or um, pacing and openness maybe so like when you when it's dark there's this crazy stat in the National Geographic article that I yeah. that I read that was like only 30% of the world's population ever uses their night vision yeah, that's I was going to bring that up in a minute about you had such good facts in there about like who is experiencing real darkness and it's almost no one. Almost no one. Yeah. So so 37% of the world's population never uses their night vision. But one of the things that happens at night if there is no light is our other senses like like we rely on like not just our I mean our yeah. eyes too and I know that people are differently able and so there's a lot you could talk through with that yeah. too. And I think that's a really important, actually interesting piece of this. But if we don't open ourselves up to all that we have available to sense the world and experience the world, then then we have potential to miss this. And, it, mm-hmm. and if God does speak in a still small voice, then it stands to reason we need all of our senses. We need to, all of who we are. And if, we're, and if we're cutting half of that off because we don't ever experience dark, then... Yeah, I think it's a miss. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you and I talked a little bit about uh, this week because I just had so many questions about the the sermon. Like, uh, scientists are have found something in our eyes now that has never been turned on because of the amount of blue light we consume. Yeah, and it, yeah. If if we keep going in that direction instead of leaning in the other, I mean, like you're saying, we're just missing uh, opportunities uh, where 
we might find new beauty or, or we might find uh, new ways to be involved with the divine. Well, and think of all the biblical stories where God speaks in the dark. Yeah. I mean, I mean, number one, where when does Jesus come? Yeah. When is he born? In the evening. In the evening, you know. Uh, so, like, I, I think it's one of those things that it's hard because there is evil and there are hard things in the mm-hmm. world and and anything we can't control or can't you know know and see and feel and touch we feel scared about yeah it. and so that's why kids talk about the boogeyman being under the bed yeah. or adults put motion sensor lights on their house that mostly go off because of moths <laughs> but there might be a better way to think about it yeah um there's a lot of folks that talk about the types of lights we use when they're on how they're facing what direction all that kind of stuff um that's really fascinating yeah so i want to one last thing that i kind of wanted to to ask you about um is as we move forward and, and even through this this advent season um you and Rob have both, uh, in each of your sermons, touched on um, the aliveness of this time and also the the incarnational nature of Jesus. And I know we're going to again talk about that and how foundational that is to our faith. That you know, God was born as a baby, and it would have been easier, as Beekner said, if he just wrote "I exist," but instead he was born in in the body of a human child, mm-hmm. uh, carried by a, a out of wedlock mother. Uh, in it, born in a barn and laid in the feed trough. I, that incarnational piece is so important. It happened at night, as we've said. How do, how are we going to try to capture that aliveness of light and dark, that aliveness of the incarnation as we move forward in this this year, which will be kind of our first year back in in for all intents and purposes as a church. You know, I mean. We just started our new church year. You know, we we said, you know, happy, yeah, new, happy year new year during everyone, Advent. Everyone, right? And how are we gonna um, not just be surprised by it here, but take that interplay of light and dark and the the realness of that incarnation and try to move forward with it as central? You know, I think this is where the um, the the you you begin to flip and not talk about the physicality of light and dark, but mm-hmm. the the metaphysical of the light yeah. that lives within us and the darkness that we uh, feel as people. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows what the, I mean, this pandemic thing has just been just, I, don't, I, I yeah. mean, I, you know, you, you have no way of knowing what it's going to be or how long it's going to be. And, um, and and on the one hand we we really will lean into safety as much as we can and on the other hand uh there's a world that needs christ and that needs the church to be the church yeah. and, and we've continued to do that in, in in lots of ways through the last couple of years but we're expanding what that looks like um so if i think about the light and the dark um i think my hope would be for us that we really internalize and recognize what it is like to be and what it means to be those that bear the image of Christ in the world as people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, 
um, is it St. Francis that says, you know, I can't know, no, or is it, yeah, is it St. Francis know Christ, but by knowing, I don't know Christ, but by knowing you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that I think that's part of the, the, the kind of continued work of who we are and, and something we need to be reminded of is that people know Jesus mm-hmm. by knowing other people. Yeah. People know God's love in the world by knowing other people. And so in this season, when you talk about light, the light of Christ comes into the world today by how we live and how we treat people and how we love and how we, you know, and how we're mad and how we're frustrated and how, like, and all those things, like that's the way people know Christ. And it is the Beekner quote. If you could just show, (laughs) tell everyone I exist. Well, if all of us acted that way, people might know. Exactly. And the other, you know, going back to Wendell Berry and his, you know, his book Fidelity, he talks about how we're, we also have the opportunity to sometimes be the one that are giving and sometimes be the one that are receiving and both are really important. So if we're having a time where we're, you know, we're walking through the dark, dark night of the soul, the, the valley of the shadow of death, if we're, there are folks in our congregation that want to be with yeah. you or me and, and walk with us. And if we're the ones that are really just like humming and, man, we're, you know, everything's kind of feeling good and we're, we're not really feeling a lot of darkness and we're feeling a lot of light and we're feeling a lot of lightness in our lives. Then part of our responsibility is to share that with others in, in, in relationship. And so I think that would be the takeaway for me. If we're looking at the incarnation, it's how are we are, how are we incarnating? Yeah. I think that that is really well said. And I, I think you're right. One of the things that has held you and I up during this last two years is our community here. And um, mm-hmm. I think we're, we just need to continue to live deeper into that and, and mm-hmm. to show people that we're here for you. Uh, we're here yeah. for you, not yeah. just on the, on the surface, but into a, a real aliveness of the soul that when you need me, I'm here. And when I need you, I'm here. You're yeah. here. And together we can do this. Well, do you have any other parting thoughts on your, on your sermon that you wish <laughs> You could have worked in. Are you going to sing us anything from Vivaldi? I'm just kidding. No, I, you know, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, there, there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. Great podcast, uh, Nocturne by uh, Lowe, Alyssa Lowe. No, Vanessa Lowe. Vanessa Lowe. Um, there's just so much. Learning good. to Walk in the Dark, Barbara Brown Taylor. Learning to Walk in the Dark, Barbara Brown Taylor. Um, I quoted one Wendell Berry poem. There's like nine or ten that are just great on darkness. Um, he talks about it from the um, perspective of his farm. I mean, there's just a lot of interesting information that just demonstrates to us, the or to me, the the value of the dark. And I think that just is reflected in the way that Genesis was written. It was night. And it was day, mm-hmm. the first day. Yeah, that's important. It wasn't. It wasn't either or, but but it was both and. So that's all I got, man. Well, perfect. Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you. It was um, awesome. I will remind people if you want to sign up for our Christmas Eve services, you can do that online on our homepage. We've added another Christmas Eve service at eight o'clock. Uh, the, all the details for that are in our weekly e news. Um, on the twenty sixth, that Sunday, the Sunday. After Christmas Day, we will be having one service at 
10 o'clock. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Um, one service in person at 10 a.m. It will still be streamed and online everywhere. Any other details about that service? So we've got the Darren Nicholson band. Darren's a buddy of ours and played with us the last several years in a bluegrass service. And so, um, you know, Christmas Eve is is not the end. It's it's part of the beginning. So yeah. come on out on Sunday morning. It'll be a, it'll be a great time. Yeah, and we'll have excellent music that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're hoping to just get as many people that have family in town or anyone together. I think yeah. it, it's going to be a really great service. Well, otherwise, uh, we'll be back, I think, next week. Um, maybe the the following week. We might not uh, do a talk back on Christmas Eve, uh, but we'll, we definitely will do one about the service that's on the 26th. Yeah. Um, I don't have any other announcements. Do you? I do not. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks. All right. See you guys soon.